0: Hi, I'm Pastor DeAndre J. Cross Sr., the pastor teacher of the St. John Baptist Church of Belle Place, Louisiana. Thank you for joining me today on the Renewing Your Mind podcast. Let's go into the sanctuary of the St. John Baptist Church and hear today's message. I want to label today's message and when you pray. Beloved, my wife and I, have been married going on seven years this year. Amen. And I have discovered that after seven years, there are some things that I do that gets under her skin. She doesn't have a problem with letting me know those things either. And one thing in particular is whenever we get ready to go somewhere together or as a family, The very first thing she does is she looks at my gas needle because she knows that my my truck is always on empty. She can't stand that. She always says sooner or later one of these days you go embarrass yourself and be on side of the road because you always ride this vehicle on empty. And then, you know, I try to be clever. I try to find a sermon in everything. And I have the tendency to say, maybe I'm not riding on E, I'm riding on grace. Only to discover that sometimes grace does run out. One case in particular, just recently in November, I was in Dallas, Texas visiting my mom, but we went to Dallas because I was going to end up in Grape Land, Texas, to share in the pastoral installation of one of my good friends, Pastor Broderick Hill. We left in plenty of time. I needed gas that day. The church was about two hours away from where my mom lives in Arlington, Texas. So we left in good enough time And I said these words, the gas that I have will cause us to make it to our destination safely. What I did not know was that in between Arlington, Texas and Grakeland, Texas, there would be an accident that would back up traffic for about 40 minutes. That gas that I had to make it was quickly beginning to run out. She, I guess she was nervous, she takes a nap, <laughs> goes to sleep, but at, when I hit a bump or something, she'll look up and say, you better stop to that gas station right there. And the only thing I kept saying to her is, no, I'm going to keep going because I'm presiding over the service. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. And we did. We made it. But at every turn, she kept telling me, you better stop and get some gas before you end up on the side of the road. I wasn't trying to hear it because I was presiding. I had to be the church on time because I was going somewhere for the Lord. So I said, since I'm not riding on E and I'm riding on grace, God is going to give me the grace to get there. He did, but I didn't have the grace to make it back. So I had to find the first available gas station so I could take the two hour drive back to Arlington, Texas. I bring this up today because a lot of us here today and even watching are trying to operate our spiritual lives the way I operate my vehicle. Many are trying to operate our spiritual lives this way. Many of us are running on fumes and trying to get somewhere for the Lord without, the f- without using the fuel that provides the spark that energizes the power of God resident within us through the Holy Spirit. And the fuel that we need in our lives is called prayer. And I've discovered in my 34 years of existence that you cannot get very far on your spiritual journey without a prayer life. And yet so many of us are doing it because we think that we are getting away with it. But can I tell you that you can only get away with prayerlessness so long before you find yourself on the side of the road. What I like about God is just like my car, he gives us some warning signs to let us know that we are running low on few, but many like me ignore the warning signs and we have found ourselves on the side of the road looking for help. Truth is, all of us struggle with prayer. We know we should pray. We know we need to pray, but yet we treat prayer like we treat 911. Only use it in case of emergencies. We treat prayer like the on-star system in our vehicle. We only use it in dire situations. But let me just say this as clearly as I can. You and I cannot get very far in life without a meaningful prayer life. And as we begin this new year individually and collectively as a church family, today marks the first day of our new spiritual journey of knowing God better. Knowing God better is our theme for 2021. It has been said that knowing God is the most meaningful pursuit in life. And I've come today on this first Sunday of this new year to tell us that if we are going to know God better this year, then it begins with prayer. In fact, if we don't cultivate our prayer life now by March, we will find ourselves on the side of the road looking for help. Truth is, people of God, 2020 has served as warning signs for us that we need to pray. When the pandemic hit, that was a warning sign. The increased number of COVID cases, that was a warning sign. The rise in depths, that was a warning sign. All of the layoffs, uh, those were warning signs. And many of us in 2020 ignored the warning signs. But the good news is we can start this year off right. And what better time than today is there to cultivate our prayer life. Our text today helps us to be able to cultivate a lifestyle of prayer. Yeah. This text today provides us with proof that we are not the first ones to struggle with prayer. In fact, our text, Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 15, uh, is actually has a parallel text in Luke chapter 11. I like Luke chapter 11's version because Luke 11 lets us know the reason we have Matthew chapter 6. And the reason we have Matthew chapter 6 is because the disciples, after watching Jesus pray, said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. The fact that the disciples said to Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray, suggests that they had some struggles as it relates to prayer. Notice they didn't ask Jesus to teach us to preach. They didn't ask Jesus to teach us to teach. They didn't ask Jesus to teach us to evangelize. No, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And in response to their question, Jesus teaches us in Matthew 6, 5 through 15, how to pray. Verses 9 through 15, it constitutes the framework for what we all know as the Lord's Prayer. We call it the Lord's Prayer, but it's really not the Lord's Prayer. It's really, really a model pray. prayer. Yes, sir. We will look at this model prayer on on next Sunday, but on today, I want us to look at verses five through eight because Jesus teaches us how to pray In 9 through 15, but he shows us how not to pray in 5 through 8. And what Jesus wants us to know on today in this sermon on the mount, Jesus wants us to know that knowing how not to pray is just as important as knowing how to pray. The reason this is so important because we want our prayers to be heard by God. So Jesus takes time to teach us the do's and the don'ts of prayer so that we can ensure that our prayers are heard by God. This are the verses of our text on today open in verse five with an assumption. Look at what Jesus says in verse number five. The first four words he says, and when you pray. doesn't say and if you pray but he says and when you pray there is an assumption here and it is assumed that if you are a child of God if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ then it assumes that you are a praying follower of Jesus Christ there are places in the Bible Where we are commanded to pray. Uh Isaiah 55 and 6 commands us to seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. Jeremiah 33 and 3 commands us to call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Matthew 5 and 44 commands us to pray for those who persecute you. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 commands us to pray without ceasing. All over the Bible, we are commanded to pray. But if our text on today is not a command to pray, it assumes that prayer is already a part of our daily existence, is already a part of our lifestyle as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Jesus says, and when you pray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Says, and when you pray, and he shows us four Do's and don'ts of prayer To ensure That our prayers Will be heard, of, heard by God L- Listen to what he says first of all First of all Jesus says When you pray Pray to be heard by God Not noticed by others That's that's point number one Write it, write it down When you pray Pray to be heard by God and not noticed by others. Verse verse 5 says, when you pray, you shall not pray like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Jesus says to them When you pray Don't don't be like the hypocrites That, That word hypocrite is an interesting word We have all used that word But we often use it outside of its context And its true meaning When we use the word hypocrite We often use it to describe Someone who says one thing and does another In other words They tell you to do something Or live up to something, but they fail to live up to it or do it themselves. But that's not what a hypocrite is. A hypocrite is someone who tells you the standard of doing something or of being something, get this, while they pretend to be it and to do it themselves, although they don't do it and they are not it. This this word hypocrite, It's taken from the world of theater. It's a picture of an actor who takes a mask and put it in front of his or her face in order to play a part. Uh When the actor switches parts, they put down one mask and pick up another mask in order to play another part. See, you can have one actor playing five or six different parts and not know it because they have changed mass. Yep. Yep. It's like what Eddie Murphy does in one of my favorite Eddie Murphy movies, Coming to America. It took me years to discover that Eddie Murphy played four different characters in that movie. You know, he played, he played the protagonist, the, the main character, Prince Akeem. Y- y- y'all know that. But then I discovered that he not only pray, played Akeem, but he also played Randy Watson. Yeah. You remember Randy Watson? At yeah. the benefit, he sung The Greatest Love of All, and once the great he finished The Greatest Love of All, seeking to give acknowledgement to his band. He says, sexual chocolate, y'all, sexual chocolate. Not only does he play a king, not only does he play Randy Watson, but he also plays an elderly Jewish man named Saul. Yeah. And I like Saul because Saul was trying to tell a story and at the end of this story he has an aha moment where he says these words, aha. But not only that, he also played a barber by the name of Clarence. Eddie Murphy plays four different parts, but all he did, he's the same person, but he just changed masks. He just changed makeup. Now, his aim was to camouflage or mask the reality that you are playing a part. And Jesus brings this up to us on today because Jesus knows that there are many people who come to church wearing masks. They come to church playing the part. Some dress the part. Some shout the part. Some sing the part. Some even preach the part. And Jesus says, while you may play the part with people who may not be able to tell the difference, don't play the part with me when it He says, don't be like the hypocrite who played the part in public, but in private, they are far from me. Have I got a witness here? And all of us know some people who know how to play the part in public, but in private, our private lives are just as raggedy. Our private prayer lives are just as messed up. He says, when you pray, work fast. You shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the street that they may be seen by men. Yeah. This takes us really back to verse number one, where Jesus said, take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, You have no reward from your father in heaven. And most of the Jews, they prayed three times a day. But the hypocrites who only prayed to be seen and heard by others, they went to the most crowded public places in order to pray. And Jesus said, don't be like them because they only use prayer as a way for people to notice and affirm them. But prayer is not about other people hearing and seeing you pray. Prayer is about God hearing and seeing you pray. Oh, what's up? My, my oldest daughter, she, she's here today. She gave me permission to tell to tell this story because you know if you live in my house, you are subject, as my wife say, to be used as an illustration. Yeah. My oldest daughter, she texted me one day back in November and she said to me, Dad. I just prayed in front of my captain and my chief and boy was I nervous oh my god that's what she said and I messaged her back and told her these words as long as you pray from your heart to God that's all that matters because prayer is communication to God people just have the privilege of eavesdropping on your communication with God. See, see, the moment you direct your prayers from God's ears to people's ears is the moment you have become like the hypocrites. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. Have I got a witness here? Yes, sir. And let me just say this while I'm here, because the reason many people don't pray is because they don't feel that they can pray. And the reason they don't feel that they can pray is because we have made prayer sound so good. My Lord. The reason we made prayer sound so good is because we want people to be impressed with us and our abilities. So we use words in prayer that we don't use in our everyday language. We pray as if we talk in the old King James Version. <laughs> We put music to our prayers. We even hoop our prayers. And before we even ask God for anything, we have people falling out because it sounds good. Come on now. Yes, sir. And I'm going to get in trouble right here, but don't go to the convention. Because if you go to the convention, especially late night, everybody who prays, ends up hooping their prayers because they are using prayer and the hoop in the prayer as a means to get a preacher's engagement somewhere in the country. Lord have mercy. And if you ask someone what they prayed about, they'll tell you, I don't know what he said, but baby, it sounds so good. Have I got a witness here? Yes, sir. We've all heard those, yes, those cute prayers. And as a consequence, we cause people to become intimidated to pray because they don't sound like this person. And their prayers don't sound like that person's prayer. But Jesus said, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrite who prays to impress men instead of praying to be heard by God. Come on, come come on. on, man. Come on. And just to be clear, the problem that Jesus has is not the fact that they love to pray. The problem that Jesus has is not the fact that they are praying standing. The problem that Jesus has is not the fact that they are praying on the streets. No, the problem that Jesus has is the fact that they are praying to be seen by other people instead of being heard by God. Jesus says yes. don't, don't, talk, talk. don't pray like them Why? Because they have their reward You mean to tell me that Jesus rewards This kind of prayer Yes Listen. Well what is their What's their reward Their reward is the fact That God gives them Exactly what they wanted Originally yeah. They really didn't want nothing From God they just prayed to be seen by men. Therefore, they got what they wanted to be seen by men. That's why you got to be careful in which your public prayers. Because even though you have your, even though you're praying public prayers, they still have to have weight. They still have to have meaning because even public prayers are private conversations between you and God. Yes, sir. You're doing good, bro. Secondly, not only when you pray, not only must you pray to be heard by God and not noticed by others, but secondly, when you pray, you have to understand that prayer is relational, personal, and private. Prayer is relational, personal, and private. Verse, verse number six. Verse number six says, but when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Verse six instructs us to pray, but it instructs us to pray in private. This does not suggest that we should not pray public or corporate prayers. In fact, the Bible is very clear that we should give ourselves to the public reading of Scripture. And there are times where we should come together and pray as a church family. But but here H.B. Charles Jr. makes the point that Jesus instructs us to pray in private to teach us. That true rewards for prayer are only found in the private places with God. Yeah, uh, Did you hear what I said? Yes, sir. True rewards for prayer are only found in the private places with God. Oh, sir. In his book, The Prayer of Jesus, Hank Hanagriff says, the secret to prayer is secret prayer. I like it. <laughs> The problem with the hypocrites is they love to pray in public, but Jesus teaches before there can be public prayer, it must first be preceded by private prayer because God is blessing in the private places of prayer. He says in verse 6, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, Pray to your father who is in, see- in the secret place And your father who sees in secret Will reward you openly yes. He says when you pray Go into your room He's not talking about a physical room here But he's referring to that private place in your soul The reason I know he's not talking about a physical room Because what you go going to do When your physical prayer closet is unavailable you need God at work, but your prayer closet is at home. Now, you want to have a prayer closet within the inside of you. It says go into your room and shut the door. The reason you are shutting the door is because you're trying to block everything and everybody else out. Because prayer is relational, personal, and private communication between us and God and us and God alone. And let me just put a peg here one second and just say this in passing. Everybody doesn't need to be a part of your prayer life. Come on, Some of us, we always want people to pray for us. And that's good. Other of us, others of us can't pray unless we have somebody praying with us. But everybody doesn't need to be a part of your prayer life. My Lord. Because see, sometimes people don't need to know what's going on between you and God. Sometimes people won't understand what's going on between you and God. So when you get ready to pray, you've got to learn how to block out the noise and, and get rid of all of the distractions and be still and be silent and let the Lord speak to your inner man. That's why when we begin this fast on next Saturday, next Sunday, we have something that we're calling Silent Saturdays. Well, we spend our silent Saturdays in silence, away from the noise and away from the distraction. It says, go into your room, close the door. You, you so focus on praying in public, but God wants to move in private. And, and here's why our private prayers are really more important than our public prayers. Because public prayer can keep us from being totally honest with God. See, when we pray in public, we ain't honest with God. Yes, you know why we're not honest with God? Because we got other people listening to what we're saying to God. Yes, sir. And we don't want nobody to know our business. We don't know, want nobody to know what we're going through. So so instead of being being real with God in public, we put on the mask. But when you deal with your private prayers, you don't have to put on the mask. You could just, just go in the room and shut the door and tell God everything and be free to tell God the good, the bad, and the ugly. You can come clean before God because only God is listening and no one else is. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Jesus says if you really want me to show up and talk to you, then I'll tell you where I'll be. I'll be in the secret place. Now, that's not to say that God doesn't show up anywhere else. That's not to say that he won't show up in the sanctuary. That's not to say that he won't show up on the streets. But here is what it is saying. If you want to receive the rewards of prayer, the rewards of prayer are only given in the secret place with God secretly. Because when you pray to him secretly, he will reward you openly. Lord, have mercy. I got to move. Number three, when you pray, don't use empty words or phrases. Don't use empty words or phrases. He says in verse seven, and when you pray, do not use vain repetition as the heathen do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Jesus uses a phrase here called vain repetition or in another translation, he says empty phrases. It comes from a word that means to babble or to stammer or to repeat the same thing over and over. Uh To say things that are meaningless. It it means to talk a lot and say nothing. Mm. It it refers to praying the same prayer every day with no meaning and no thought behind Uh, it. For example, when you bless your food Vain repetition is, Lord, thank you for this food that you have given me to receive. Let it be nourishment to my body. Bless the hands that are prepared and the spirit in which it was prepared. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> What's wrong with that? That's the prayer we say every time we bless our food. And in many cases, there is no meaning and no weight behind it at all. We're just reciting it because we have learned it. Yeah. Y'all have to say nothing, but I know I'm right. <laughs> At bedtime, when we get ready to go to bed and we pray, if we're still praying, now let me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If thou should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Vain repetition. Uh, uh, We even pray, memorize prayers. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is. Now we're going to talk about that prayer next week, but that prayer was not really intended to be prayed. It was really just used as a model to show you the pattern for prayer. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Lord have mercy. Prayers said so much. You know, we pray prayers that we said so much that you could even predict was about to be said next. Oh, wow. oh especially if you're like me growing up in the old Baptist church. Ah. Here it is, we again your most humble servant knees bent body bowed. Lord we thank you that the bed we slept on wasn't our cooling board the sheets that we slept in wasn't our winding sheets the four corners of our room was not the four corners of our grave and you know what's coming up next and by the time they used to close their prayer they used to say now Lord when I stick my sword in the sandy base of time to study war no more Come on, y'all, don't look at me like that. I'm, I'm not criticizing, but it possibly is possibly vain repetition. Are those cliche-filled prayers? Lord, you know I'm just too blessed to be stressed. Lord, you know I'm just too anointed to be disappointed. Lord, you know I'm blessed and highly favored. Lord, you know I'm ahead and not the tell. I'm beloved, but above and not. That's cliche prayers. That's, that's vain Repetition. There is no thought behind it. You are just saying it just to say it. He says, Don't just talk to God, but God wants your mind, not just your mouth. Oh, I see how quiet y'all got right there. God wants your heart, not just your mouth. And let me be clear in and of themselves, there is nothing wrong with these prayers. But when these prayers are just recited and there is no meaning or weight in the words when it's coming from your lips and it's not in, coming from your heart, then that's when it becomes vain repetition. Amen. 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 Pagans, the pagans, as well as many other Jews, they believed that they would be heard by the Lord if they repeated their prayers are the same phrases over and over again. And and actually many religious entities still do the same thing today. Many Buddhists, they spin wheels containing written prayers, believing that each turn of the wheel sends that prayer to their god. Even Roman Catholics, they they light prayer candles in the belief that their prayer request will continue to ascend repetitiously to God as long as the candle is lit. Rosaries are used to count off repeated prayers of Hail Mary, but Jesus does not want his people to engage in that kind of meaningless repetition. See, see, ritualistic, eloquent prayers do not impress God. Why do they do it? They do it because, verse 7 says, they think they will be heard for their many words. mm. (sighs) Their many words is a reference to long prayer. And Jesus is really not condemning long prayers because long prayers do have their place. He's just simply trying to get over to them. That is not about how long you pray, but it's about how strong you pray. My mind. Yeah. Just because you pray long doesn't mean your prayers reach heaven. Uh, some people pray what E.K. Bailey calls tenth prayers. The late Dr. E.K. Bailey says tenth prayers are prayers that cover everything, but they don't go past the roof of the building that they're in. Mm. Wow. See, it's not long, how long you pray, but it's how strong you pray. Wow. Have I got a witness? Yes, sir. Let me, just, let me just be clear. It's not about the arithmetic of our prayers, how many they be, nor the rhetoric of our prayers, how eloquent they be, nor the geometry of our prayers, how long they be, nor their music, how sweet their voice may be, nor their logic, how argumentative they may be, nor... Their method, how orderly they may be, nor even their divinity, how filled with doctrine they may be. That's not what God cares about. God cares about the fervency of spirit, which availeth much while we pray. I'm through, but I got one more thing to say, and I'm going to sit down. When you pray, pray with confidence that God knows what you need when you pray pray with confidence that god knows what you need he says therefore don't 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 be like them don't be like the heathen don't be like the hypocrite don't be like them for your father knows verse eight the things you have need of before you even ask one common mistake that we make in prayer that i'm sitting down one common mistake That we make in prayer is we tend to think that prayer is about informing God about what's going on down here as if he doesn't already know. God, I don't know if you heard, but so and so is in the hospital. God, I don't know if somebody told you, but so and so done gone home to be with you. Lord, I don't know if anybody told you, but I didn't get my stimulus check yet. And my bank account is running a bit low. God God did you see that they came up with a vaccine for the for the coronavirus? And we think that prayer is about informing God, but the purpose of prayer is not to inform God. God is an omniscient God. God is an all-knowing God. God knows everything. In fact, Jesus says here in the text, God already knew what you were going to ask for before you even said a word. Great girl and let me pop right here and just say, because I'm not going to shout today, but this is just a shout of a line that I'm getting ready to say. Isn't it good news to know that whatever I'm going through, whatever I need, God already knows. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. In fact, yes, the psalmist says in Psalm 139 verses 1 through 4, Oh Lord, you have searched me and you have known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend. my path and my lying down and are acquainted with my ways for there is not a word on my tongue but behold oh Lord you know it all together Job said in Job 23 10, but he knows the way that I take, and when he has tested me, I shall come forward as gold. Paul said in 2 Timothy 2 19, nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having this seal, the Lord knows those who are his. And isn't it good news to know that God knows what I need? Somebody here today You may be broken But God knows You may You may be trying to find your way in the dark But God knows Your marriage may be failing God knows He knows what's going on With the coronavirus He knows what's going on in the White House There is nothing you could tell God That's going to inform him Because God already knows you don't have to inform me. Hold up, though. Don't shout too too fast at home. Don't shout too quick. I know y'all shouting on that, but don't shout too quick. Because, because I, had growing, I had some problems in the text. Uh-huh. I was shouting over the he knows, and I said, that's a good place to close. I ain't hooping. I don't know how long. I got a musician now, so I could holler, I could hoop, and I could close it. But then I started thinking, (laughs) I I, I wanted to go there, I wanted to go to the, I know he's alright, and I wanted to do all of that, but then I started thinking, if God knows what I need before I even ask, Uh then why pray? I mean, think about it. What's the point of praying if God already knows what you need? If He knows what I need, why not just give me what I need? Why go through the motions of prayer if He already knows? Why? 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 Why, why do we have to pray if God already knows? And I was stuck right there. All my shopping had left. Because <laughs> I started to think about it. See, I was waiting this whole sermon, and nobody even asked me while I was preaching, what is prayer? And I discovered in the definition of prayer, why we have to pray, and God just don't give us without us praying. See, prayer is a relationship. Yeah. It's a fellowship that occurs between you and God where you talk to God and listen to what God is saying to you. God says the reason you have to pray even though I know what your needs are is because if I don't let you have a need, you won't spend no time in relationship talking to me. Yes, sir. Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah. So because I'm trying to have a relationship with you, because I'm trying to have some private time with you, I got to give you a need just so that you can talk to me. Oh, and if that ain't working, i start off with a small need. But if that ain't working, I'll give you an even bigger need. And the reason I do it is because I just want some one-on-one time with you. Yeah, right. And for some of us, the only way God gets time with us is if he puts needs in our lives. Oh, my, my. I said, oh, my God. Wow. So all this time, all this stuff I'm going through is because you're allowing this to happen just so I could spend time with you. And God said, I'm longing for the day where my people just spend time with me just to spend time with me and not to get nothing from you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm using the need as a bait, but I really want to see if they want me more then they want the thing that they need from me. Oh, my Lord. My and if we are going to make it through 2021, yeah. we got to be able to cultivate a relationship with God that says, God, I really don't want nothing. I know you already know my needs. God, I just want to spend some one-on-one time with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Away from the noise, away from the distractions, yes, free from all of the stuff I got going on. God, I don't want your stuff, but God, I want you. Yeah. yeah. And when we do that, yes, sir. we'll find ourselves on the way to knowing God better. Thank you for listening to the Renewing Your Mind podcast. We pray that today's message was an encouragement unto you. Until next time be encouraged.